Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. College football playoff announced yesterday. Alabama gets that final spot. Michigan-Alabama is your 1-4 matchup, and Washington-Texas is your 2-3 matchup, which means for the first time ever, an undefeated conference champion, ACC's FSU at 13-0, outside looking in. Georgia at 12-1, outside looking in. Did they get it right? That is what everybody is debating today. I personally think they did. And in fact, I have a bigger beef with Georgia, not ahead of Florida State, than I do with Florida State, not ahead of Alabama. And my reasoning behind that is if we're going to do this, this concept of the best possible teams, there's no justification actually putting FSU 5. Mm. They should be lower. They should see the committee had an opportunity to eliminate this as a conversation altogether. If we're not doing the resume and we're just doing who's the best, who's going to argue that FSU with a third string quarterback is better than Georgia? Nobody is, but I think the committee is going to let the teams on the field do the arguing for them. That's why they have Florida State in that fifth spot, and they're matched up against Georgia. So everybody on the world can see that Georgia is clearly a better team, and Georgia is not going to be one of the four teams fighting for a national championship. So if Georgia is on the outside looking in, they're going to show you why Florida State deserves to be where they're at and not participating in the college football playoff. That's the only thing that makes sense from a rationale standpoint, from a logic standpoint, as why the committee would have Florida State as a top six team. Because guess what? Florida State's not better than Georgia. Florida State's not better than Oregon. They're not better than Ohio State. They're not better than any of those teams right now without Jordan Travis. They're just not. But because of how things played out and because they are an undefeated team in a Power 5 conference that won their conference championship game, they had to have them in a top six position. But now they get to match them up against the team that had won 29 straight games going into Saturday. And I think people will see the difference in the quality of competition when Georgia plays Florida State. I, I just don't think that game is going to be particularly close. Right now, Georgia is a double-digit favorite against Florida State, and I'd be surprised if that game <laughs> isn't more one-sided than the spread would suggest. You are probably right about that, but question for you two. If Jordan Travis was healthy, would Florida State be in? Yes. But the results is the same. The results are the same. TV whether show. Whether he's in or out, they went undefeated. They're an undefeated Power 5 champion. No, I don't look at it that way. How many games was Jordan Travis out for? Two or three, something like that already? Two, yeah, two games. Yeah. Okay, so they're 2-0. and That's how I – the team two, that two, they were voting games, on yeah. yesterday is a 2-0 and football team. 
There's not enough body of work to determine them as this great team. I understand why people think FSU got, got screwed here, but why don't we have the same outrage for Georgia that didn't lose a single game all season and their first loss was to Alabama and Nick Saban by, what, three points on Saturday, right? So, like, what are we talking about here? There should be more outrage with the SEC team. And by the way, we can play this game, and you're right about this. I'll go one step further. Let's pretend somebody that's a head football coach in college football that went to Florida State was their, was their head coach. Deion Sanders. They'd be in. Guarantee you they'd be in. If Deion was their head coach, and that's not a knock on Mike Norvell. The reality is it's a TV show. How are you going to look at anyone above Alabama in that spot? SEC, Nick Saban, Jalen Milrow. Texas is a huge brand. Penix is now a, a, a guy that people know. Harbaugh, we know that. Florida State's just not as good as these other teams. I don't want to get into the brands of it all and the hypothetical of Dion being their head coach because I think that muddies the waters. But what I'll say is this. I think it's clear and obvious that Florida State is not better than the four teams that the committee put in. They're just not. They're not better than and, five and I, or six. And, and I get that I get that the people that are supporters of Florida State think that it's a slippery slope when the committee gets into the business of prognosticating or predicting what the matchups will be or whether it be, you know, you know, competitive, things of that nature. But that's the position that the committee is putting in. That's the system that college football adopted. We're going to go with a committee of two dozen people, and they're going to get in the room and try to put context around the resumes of all of these teams and then decide at the end of the season who are the best four teams that actually have the resume but also put together the best competition, the best games. And coming off of the national championship game last year that was anticlimactic where Georgia blew the doors off of TCU, mm -hmm. you got to think it's top of mind for Boo Corgan and everybody that sits in that room making that decision that we've got to put teams in here that it can be actually competitive. Look at that Michigan-Alabama. That's going to be an awesome semifinal. Look at that Washington and Texas. That's going to be great storylines, especially when you consider the history of both of those programs. So I, I, I just – I don't see the case being made that Florida State belongs in that group. And like I said before, Florida State is not better than teams behind them in the final CFP ranking. They're not better than Georgia. They're not better than Oregon. They're not better than Ohio State. They're just not without Jordan Travis. Here's what – okay, if I was an FSU fan and I was thinking logically about all of this and not just my team was 13-0, I need to be in. Where I'd have the biggest beef is why did you put me number four last week? Why did last week seem like – best resumes, and this week seems like best teams. That's where my beef would be. Yeah, it went from resume to eye test. Y yes. And so I think – Well, you went from your number two quarterback to your number three quarterback <laughs> with Brock <laughs> Glenn. That's true. God, so Brock, Brock Glenn threw for 55 yards and then went over Louisville. 55. 55 yards. And How and awful was that game? And the FSU fans are saying that, hey, well, look Nobody at wanted to watch that game in FSU. Wanted. Nobody wanted to see that. But, and but so, they're still undefeated. Oh, <laughs> they're undefeated right. Power Five okay, Conference so, champion. Right, but Smalls, if you're going to argue two, for them. But the two them. conferences are not the same, though, Smalls. Like, that's the other that's part of the, the math, too. Right like, the college football playoff committee in their rankings, in the penultimate rankings, had six SEC teams in the top 25. They had six, by far and away more than anybody else. The next closest was four. So, I mean, if they're telling us that the best conference in all of college football, when, it, when you include the depth of the competition, is the SEC, then how in the world can you keep the SEC champion that has one loss out of the playoff? Especially when they have the most impressive win of anybody in college football all this year. How? You can't. 
You really can't. From an entertainment standpoint, from a, a talent standpoint, you know that whether it was Georgia or Alabama, one of those teams were going to get in. You knew that they were going to punch their ticket. And I would say maybe the Big Ten is the second best conference sure. from a talent yeah. standpoint. I mean, you're a Michigan guy. We saw the reaction when yeah. Alabama was seated against Michigan. They don't want that smoke. They don't want that smoke. As a Michigan guy, how are you nah, feeling today they don't that want you're that going smoke. up against they don't, the SEC? They don't want that smoke. And it, and it feels like a de facto punishment for Michigan with the sign-stealing scandal. Okay, you're in the playoff. You got the number one seed. We're going to give you Alabama. Like We're not going to give you Texas. We're going to give you Alabama. A red hot you, Alabama. You, you, you enjoy that one for it. You have that. But here's the thing. Alabama is a better football team than Florida State. Like, there is no argument. They just beat Georgia, the, the team that was number one in every ranking coming into this season and up until Saturday, number one in the country. It does not make any sense to keep Alabama and Georgia out of the playoff in lieu of putting Florida State in a team that's on their third-string quarterback in a lesser conference than the SEC and the Big Ten. I, I just don't see how that makes sense. You have to take somebody out to put somebody in, right? I think that's the whole argument, that everybody's out there like, oh, FSU should be in, FSU deserves to be in. Sure, okay. Who do you want out? Who do you want out? Until you can answer that question, you have a problem, right? And I can sit there and say, Georgia, I think, should be in. Okay, well, who do you want out? I'm fine taking Washington or Texas out. I know the masses don't agree with me, but I'm fine with that. So at least I have to have an answer to that. 888-SAY-ESPN is your telephone number to join the show. Dr. Pepper, call in line. David in Connecticut watching on ESPN2. What's up, David? Morning, guys. Hey, I got an answer to that question. Um, If you look at the schedule, overall uh, schedule of certain teams that played, Michigan is the team that does not belong in there by strength of schedule. I think their schedule was like 111th. They beat an average uh, Penn State team, a horrible Iowa team. The only legitimate win is Ohio State that was close. The SEC, the Pac-10. You put Michigan in either conference this year, they don't come. They come out of that conference with three losses easy. I also want to say. Well, you don't know that though. That's the thing. We can't assume that. Like you can't say that. Like that's a, like that's a that's a hypothetical in the past that we can never prove. So I mean, I don't I don't know how you use that as a part of your argument. What I'm saying is, it's like, do you honestly think if you put Michigan and Georgia on the field tomorrow, that Michigan I think it'd be a good game. Both? I think it'd be a really good game. Just like TCU did. I, I, I think I think I think Michigan and Georgia will be a really good game. I don't think Michigan against Florida State or Georgia against Florida State would be a particularly good game. Yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, we had Joe Fortenbaugh, who had his buddy at Westgate Sportsbook, um, uh, project what those matchups would be like. And Michigan was a 13-point favorite over Florida State, and Georgia was a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, so they're, they're basically telling you that Michigan and and Georgia are two touchdowns better than Florida State. And blindly, if you give me any great team and it's a non-SEC team versus an SEC team in a college football playoff, I'm going to pick the SEC team. They are battle-tested in a way that is different than any other conference. Gary in Jacksonville watching on ESPN2. What's up, Gary? Good morning, Chris. I couldn't disagree with you more. Alabama lost by double digits at home to Texas. Florida State is undefeated. That's not fair to penalize all the rest of the FSU players because their quarterback got injured. They won their the ACC with their third 
quarterback. That's to me, that's more impressive. So who do you want out? You want Alabama out? That's the thing. I, so you want Alabama out, because, and they won the SEC, right. which you is by to far take the toughest team out. That's to the put a team in. That's the thing. Like Alabama won the tougher conference by far. Like if we're doing strength of conferences, the ACC is down on line, maybe the third or fourth best conference, and that's not according to us. That's according to the rankings. Look at the CFP top twenty-five. Look at the AP top twenty-five. They're telling us that the ACC is an inferior conference mm-hmm. to the Big Ten and to the SEC. Right. So why should we wait being the ACC champion over being the SEC champion if the difference between the two teams is one loss on the field? And keep in mind, Alabama's loss is to a team that's third in the college football playoff. And also remember – And F- early in the season. Uh, that's what, like, what, what are we talking out. about? FSU wanted out of the conference that they're in. You can't then say, look at us, we went undefeated in this conference, when you're the ones who told us how bad that conference is. All right, coming up, we've got all the... Small things. But first, CeCe has this from oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly, did you know one in four car batteries is weak and needs to be replaced? O'Reilly Auto Parts will test your battery free of charge. That's free, 99. If your battery needs to be replaced, their professional parts people can help you find the best superstar battery for your vehicle and your budget. Make sure your vehicle is ready for the weather ahead by getting your battery tested for free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Straight to the Houston Texans, who had a big win, 22-17, over the Denver Broncos. I don't think we'd be saying that at the beginning of the season, (laughs) that the Houston Texans and Denver Broncos had a big matchup. But, guys, the Texans are sitting there at 7-5. They match their win total from the previous two seasons combined. The turnaround of the Houston Texans this season has been absolutely remarkable. Let's not forget how big of a hot mess the Houston Texans were. You had all of the saga with Deshaun Watson. You had a pastor running the show. You had two coaches who were one and done in Lovey Smith and David Culley. You had just a really, really bad situation and a bad football team. And all of a sudden, 
CJ Stroud comes in, you get the right head coach in D'Amico Ryans, and here they are looking like a team that could make the playoffs. I don't think it could be understated how remarkable this turnaround has been for the Texans. Absolutely, and the best thing that the Texans did yesterday is not turn the football over, and that's been the catalyst for the five-game win streak with the Denver Broncos. They've won the turnover margin going into yesterday. The last four games that they played, they generated 15 takeaways. The Texans starved them with takeaways and created takeaways of their own. They had three interceptions on Russ, including two in the fourth quarter. Up until yesterday, Russell Wilson hadn't thrown a fourth-quarter interception all season. Mm. So the fact that they were able to keep get those takeaways at the end and end the game with an interception in the end zone, really impressive by the Texans. And I want to give a shout-out to Texans rookie Will Anderson because he gets overshadowed a lot by C.J. Stroud and what he's doing. And not to disparage C.J. Stroud, but Will Anderson yesterday, two quarterback sacks, Four quarterback hits. He had a tip pass that ended up being an interception that led to a touchdown for the Houston Texans. The guy had a blocked punt. I mean, he was an absolute game wrecker yesterday. I mean, you might be talking about Defensive Player of the Week in the AFC with how good Will Anderson Jr. was yesterday. Absolutely phenomenal. Two things on the Texans I just want to bring up. There was something early on in this game that C.J. Stroud did on a fourth down that went unnoticed that I wanted to point out. He baited a Denver defender, into knocking into him to get an unnecessary roughness call to get the first down. It was brilliant. It was LeBron. Are you talking with, about Alex Singleton? It was, yeah. Yeah, Alex safety. Singleton, the linebacker. Linebacker, sorry. Linebacker, yeah. The, it, was LeBron, it was in the red zone, yeah. It was LeBron Draymond in the 2016 NBA Finals where LeBron was baiting Draymond to knock into him, and that is exactly what C.J. Stroud did to give his team a first down. It was brilliant. Also, they did suffer a big loss. Tank Dell is going to be out for the season. They're a stud wide receiver. but the- That was on the same drive that that play happened. Yeah, and a, and a running play, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, he was inside on a running play trying to block. But they Probably just, not a good thing for a 175-pound receiver. They just do a lot of smart things that if you're a Texans fan, you could buy into. We had the debate last week, is it more important to get the quarterback right or the head coach right? The Texans yes. seemingly got both, Yes, which is amazing. Oh, Nico Collins for the Texans, too. How, how can we not shout him out, the wide receiver? Nine catches, 191 yards, and a touchdown, and a couple of big plays. I mean, I mean, this is, this is a team that's really, really good. Like, they're a good football team. Mm-hmm. It's gone from being a good story to a good football team, and that's based on what we saw in that win yesterday. And if you're a team right now that's in a really bad spot and probably have some turnover, like let's say you're the Chicago Bears, are you not looking at the Houston Texans and saying, if they can do it, why can't we do it? But how? How? Like, that's a You have thing. to draft right and make a smart I hire. Know. And I well, know I mean, that's easier Texans said than done. The Texans have two top five picks. The Bears will have potentially two top five There's picks. There's a lot of similarities they're, they're there. Getting, they're getting rid of their head coach, presumably. The, you know, I mean, the New Texans the Texans got rid of there. I mean, it's there. It's there. Uh, the makings are there, Smalls. You're, you're not off base. I would just look at them, and nobody thought – I mean, the Houston Texans were as big of a hot mess as we've seen in recent memory. No doubt. And we have forgotten all about that because of the, the success that they're having this season. So if I'm the Bears, I'm looking at the Houston Texans, and that's my message. We could do it too. We just have to be really, really smart. Next one. You guys, are you more interested in the We Were Snubbed Bowl in Georgia and FSU than you are Washington, Texas? Because I am. I think that's a more compelling matchup than Washington, Texas. You think it's compelling? I think it's compelling. Depends. Because a lot of times the big-time team that gets snubbed doesn't care about the bowl game. Georgia's not necessarily going to be all in on the Orange Bowl, but they still may be able to beat Florida State not all in in the Orange Bowl. If Mm. both teams are all in, 
Yeah, it's interesting, but Georgia will win by double digits. I think both of these teams have something to prove, and they're going to come out and want to absolutely destroy the other one to prove that the committee got it wrong. Yeah, I think Georgia's going to roll Florida State. I don't think this is going to be close. I don't. What if Florida State wins? And what if they win in dominant fashion? I mean, the debate will rage on forever that they should have been. I mean, it'll kind of be like what happened with UCF a while back, right? When they had the undefeated season, got left out of the playoff, and they won their bowl game. And they said, well, we should be national champs, too. They had their own parade. (laughs) They did all these things. Like, like that's what it feels like it's setting up for. But I don't think Georgia is going to lose to Florida State. I just don't see that happening. I mean, even if Georgia plays guys that aren't, you know, regular starters, even their guys that are reserves are five-star recruits, the best that the country has to offer in any given year. So I just, I don't know, man. I don't think it's particularly close when it comes to those two teams. But even if FSU were to beat Georgia in the Orange Bowl, which I don't think is going to happen, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you in advance, I don't believe they would have beaten Georgia in a college football playoff. It just would tell me that Georgia doesn't care. Because they've won 29 in a row. They played in two back-to-back national championships. It's one of those whatever kind of games for them. It's not going to happen, though. Georgia's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel really badly for Jordan Travis. Did you guys see the tweet that he put yeah, out? He yeah. said, for those who haven't seen it, I wish my leg broke earlier in the season so y'all could see this team is much more than the quarterback. I thought results matter. 13-0, and and this roster matches up across any team in those top four rankings. I am so sorry. Go, go Knowles. I just feel so badly for him. When the committee comes out and says, if this guy was healthy, your team would be in. That's a lot of pressure to put on that player who had nothing to do with the reason why he's not out on the football field. I mean, he should be in the Heisman, right? <laughs> he should be in the Heisman. If he matters that much. that much to his team. <laughs> I will say, while his, his post is so heartwarming and heartbreaking simultaneously, he happens to be right. If, God forbid, that injury happened earlier and they had Tate Rodemaker for the whole year, it may have looked differently. He's right about that. We don't know what the, this is a 2 and 0 football team to the committee. It's sad, but it's true. Last one, guys. There was a lot of star power last night. Chiefs and Packers. You had Simone Biles in the house. You had Taylor Swift in the house. Jordan Love outshone both of those ladies who mm. are big superstars in their own rights. I love this story. So his first NFL start was against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was November 7th, 2021. It was a disaster. Jordan Love was awful in that game. He had circled this matchup for a long time. It was 756 days to the date from when he made his debut against the Kansas City Chiefs, and it was a bad game where he came out and had a performance like that to upset the Chiefs last night. So shout-out to Jordan Love. It took a long time for him to get here and prove that he could be the guy, but I think we all are in agreement that Jordan Love looks like the guy for the Green Bay Packers moving forward. Yeah, the Chiefs shouldn't have had his mama in the nosebleeds in that first game. That That's he had. right. Exactly. She his got mom, upgraded to she, the she, she was in the box <laughs> last night. She is in that, in that suite. 20-degree weather. It's probably nice to be in a suite in the NFL game, but yeah. Jordan Love showed out, man. There were a couple of throws in there that were just big boy talent throws. Like, I mean, in the third quarter, the fourth and one situation in plus territory, off his back foot in the triple coverage, ends up completing the ball to Romeo Dobbs. Then he has the touchdown throw a few plays later to Christian uh, Watson, and that's in the back of the end zone, again, off of his back foot. That just shows you the kind of arm talent that this kid has, and it reaffirms the belief the organization had four years ago when they drafted him in the first round. It's starting to feel like the juice is worth the squeeze when it came to taking Jordan Love, knowing that it would be clunky transitioning from Rodgers to him. And I will say this, the Green Bay Packers made the right decision in pulling the plug on Aaron Rodgers when they did, and they're going to be rewarded for it this year. They're going to finish with a better record, 
and they're going to finish in the playoffs in year one with their new starting quarterback <laughs> than they did in year 18 with their Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterback Aaron Rodgers. It's what I've been saying, and I will continue to say it. If you look at a two-year stretch with the Green Bay Packers, they are better with Jordan Love than they were with Aaron Rodgers, flat out. And you could look at their schedule and think they could finish the season with eight straight wins. It's not impossible. Nope. It is not impossible they win the next five. Not playing the way they did last night? Yeah, they're going to win. If they if that game is then like duplicated, replicated in the next five, they are going to win. And let's also say one other thing. The Green Bay Packers won the Aaron Rodgers trade. Not debatable. They won the Aaron Rodgers trade. And they still got a second-round pick coming to them. <laughs> and the, the New York Jets have all of the bad weight, the dead weight that Rodgers, all the GM moves that he made. Lazard zero catches yesterday. I don't even know if Cobb was there. They cut Adrian Amos this week. Nathaniel Hackett is the guy that all Jets fans want out. Rodgers, that trade, clearly won by the Packers, and it's not even debatable anymore. Green Bay will have more wins this year than they did a year ago. Coming up. Real or fake? We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. The Jimmy V Classic from Madison Square Garden in New York City. 13th-ranked Florida Atlantic faces number 24, Illinois. Followed by 4th-ranked UConn at number 17, North Carolina. The Jimmy V Classic. Coverage begins tomorrow at 6 Eastern with tip-off at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Real versus fake brought to you by Real Christmas Trees. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees at Lowe's or wherever real Christmas trees are sold. For more information, visit GetRealKeepItReal.com. Get the real trees. They're available. They're affordable. They're better for the environment. And they're helping the American Christmas tree farmer keep their jobs. Yeah, so you you walked me into this because we were talking Patriots Chargers during the break. And, of course, we would talk that during the break because there would be no reason to talk about that during the show other than to say <laughs> Khalil Mack is having a hell of a year. Two sacks yesterday puts his season total at 15, which is really a turn-back-the-clock kind of year for Khalil Mack. I mean, because he hadn't had a double-digit sack season in each of the previous four years. You got to go back to 2018, the last time Khalil Mack had a double-digit sack season, which prompted me. Why would he have this kind of renaissance? Why would it have this kind of resurgence? And I told our producer, Nuno, it had to be because of the contract. Khalil Mack's cap hit in the final year of his contract next year, $38 million. That's why Khalil Mack is balling out of his mind. There's nothing that motivates a player like fresh cash. There's no way the Chargers are going to let him pay on $38 million. They're either going to restructure, you know, give him an extension, or they're going to give him his outright release. 
And, and and that ends up being the case for a guy that had 15 sacks, he's going to get a lot of money. A lot Re- of money. Real versus fake, Smalls. Real money. <laughs> Real money for Khalil Mack. That's flying under the radar for sure. Okay, okay, guys. The Lions beat the Saints 33-28 to yesterday. Real or fake? The Lions had a bad win. Fake because there's no such thing as a bad win. But simultaneously, I can say that I believe CeCe's take of keep an eye on the Lions for the number one seed based on the schedule and I'm a little concerned about them, can both be true. Because they're not playing that well in terms of how they did earlier in the season. They had a bad loss, obviously, on Thanksgiving. They were up 21 nothing in this 21, uh, against the Saints here and almost blew that lead altogether. So, no, they didn't have a bad win. That is fake, like the Christmas trees that you should not buy. But there's some concern there. Yeah, they can't rush the quarterback, and they allowed the last six games 28.8 points per game. In the first six games, they allowed 18.8 points per game. So their points per game over the last third of the season is up by 10. Opponents are getting six yards of play on them, and opponents are scoring 85% of red zone trips. That ain't great. So their defense is hustling backwards. It's trending in the wrong direction. And unless they get that thing figured out, we could be talking about an early exit or earlier than anticipated exit from the playoffs for the Detroit Lions. Interesting. All right, next one. Arizona Cardinals 24 to 10 over the Pittsburgh Seal Steelers Seals. The Pittsburgh Steelers real or fake the Cardinals had a bad win. Okay, under the premise that there's no such thing as a bad win, but yes, real. But here's the thing. I think that we asked that question because of draft positioning obviously. It's starting to feel like maybe they are going to actually just keep Kyler Murray. I never bought it. I never thought that he was going to be their guy. I thought there was going to be some sort of way that they were going to keep him out altogether this year and not let him play for them. It doesn't feel like that is what's happening. So I'm confused by the Cardinals' direction. I don't believe that Kyler can be that guy. They seem to believe that. Well, I mean, here's the thing. They're getting more proof of concept. And Kyler Murray, before he got hurt last year, had this team headed in an upward trajectory. Every year they got better. His first year they were 5-10-1. Second year they were 8-8. Eight and eight. And then the, the, um, the third year of his uh, career, they were a double-digit win team and in the playoffs. So they were moving in the right direction. Took a step back because of the injury last year. Now it's starting to look like he's the same old Kyler Murray in terms of his mobility and his playmaking. If you add to that a dominant receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr., which they would now be in position to get because they have the third overall pick, look out. Like, they've addressed the offensive line. They continue to try to upgrade that. They drafted Paris Campbell with a top-10 pick last year. Remember, they're also going to get some some help from the uh, – um, in terms of the Houston. pick-wise from Houston. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is a team that's positioned now with a lot of draft capital. If they're settled on Kyler Murray being their future franchise quarterback, then they're going to have the ammunition to put a lot of talent around them. The Arizona Cardinals ain't that far off. Which is shocking to say. I don't know. I just kind of assumed that because of the injuries and because of the independent study clause that was in the contract that they were going to move on from him no matter what. But here's the one thing I will say, and it ends up being a good win, because the Cardinals are proving that they have a good head coach. Like, for, for, the, for a team to be doing all this losing and still be competitive in all of these games and now in the second half find your way on the right side of some of these outcomes, that's what you're looking for in terms of a team not quitting on the head coach and the head coach helping a young roster find ways to win. Can we say the same thing about Bill Belichick? Chargers, six, Patriots, nothing. Real or fake, the Pats had a good loss. 
Fake. I'm sorry. I'm a Pats fan. I can't root against them. It's infuriating to watch a 6-0 loss. In their last three games, their defense has allowed 10 points or less in each of the last three, and they've lost all of those games. They've scored 13 points in the last three games combined. It's brutal. In their last four games, it's been 20 or less. They've allowed 46 points total in four games. Basically, 11 points a game is what they're allowing, and they've lost all of them. Yes, now they're they're fully entrenched into that two spot for Drake May, and they're closing in potentially on number one overall to get Caleb Williams, but it's painful to watch. Yeah, I'm going to say it was a real, it's real. It was a good loss for the Pats. I mean, it's not about this year. It's about the future, and I don't think Bill Belichick, I don't think Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones are a part of that future. You need the highest draft pick possible to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. Right now they're sitting at two right behind the Chicago Bears, and the Bears have that pick by way of Carolina. So you'll be in position to get one of those two quarterbacks, which are both viewed as transcendent talents. Good on the New England Patriots. That is your future, that draft pick. Keep losing. Keep losing. Last one, guys. The Falcons beat the Jets 13-8. Real or fake? The Jets had a good loss. Real. I'm going to say real. Like, for the Jets, listen, they had to win one of the next three games going into Week 13 in order to keep alive the possibility that you could see Aaron Rodgers come back for that Washington Commanders game. I think that's on Christmas Eve. Atlanta was by far the easiest opponent that you had, the easiest opportunity to get that done. You lost that game, so now it's about being able to stack losses to move up the draft board. Right now they're at sixth. They want to move up because they've got to find a quarterback. And even if Aaron Rodgers comes back and all goes well, how much runway you got with a 41-year-old quarterback? Not much. Not a t- so you need to start grooming the successor for what you're doing right now in the way of Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And it's ironic that Aaron Rodgers is going to find himself in the same situation that he was in Green Bay with the New York Jets. I would say it's real. It's a good loss because the Jets have had seven quarterbacks over the last two years. They have the least amount of offensive touchdowns through 12 games in NFL history. They're horrific. They cannot allow Aaron Rodgers to come back. And the more they lose, the less likely it is for him to come back. They've had four offensive touchdowns in the last 88 drives. Oh, my God. And they're gonna, <laughs> by the way, I had it. You know what? Can how I does Nathaniel Hackett still have a job? I want to add Aaron Rodgers because of Aaron Rodgers. I want to add one other name I was thinking about yesterday. Wow, that's we've had the conversation. We've had the conversation a bunch about the guys that we're assuming that Aaron Rodgers won't let them go get, right? Like Kirk Cousins early on in the season, Josh Dobbs, Joe Flacco. I'm going to add another name to that list. Joe Flacco was on the Jets last year. Joe Flacco is better than we saw yesterday with the Browns, even though they lost. He's better than any quarterback that's played for the Jets since Rodgers this season. Four touchdowns in the last 88 drives, Smalls. Number to join the show. That's the Jets offense. Four touchdowns in the last 88 drives. And it's so Jets that you thought not only you had Aaron Rodgers, but that Zach Wilson was going to be able to sit behind him, really have a mentor, absorb this, take his time, and then maybe Zach Wilson could be the bridge for a season or two post-Aaron Rodgers. And now you don't have either one of those guys. Brian in North Carolina listening on 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh. What's up, Brian? What's up, guys? I love you. Love the new show. I listen every day. Thank uh, you. I just wanted to uh, point out that just a moment ago, Evan said that there's no such thing as a bad win, but I think the CFP would disagree. Oh. 
Well, yeah, I'm talking about the NFL, but I'm saying it is different. Yes, the CFP would look at it, the College Football Playoff Committee would look at it and say bad wins, I guess. Yeah, wins in the ACC would be considered bad wins, and wins in the SEC are considered good wins. But there's the difference. Standings versus rankings. There are two different things. Standings, the wins don't count differently. You could beat the Panthers or beat the Eagles, and they count exactly the same. That's the thing. In rankings, they don't. So, again, when people want to do this compare and contrast between the NFL and college football, and they want to bring up the Nick Foles, that, okay, well, if Carson Wentz goes down, then what happens there? Then you shouldn't be in. Standings versus rankings, ladies and gentlemen, two different things. Coming up, I'm over it on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You need to always say our and not your. I heard Pat talking to Nuno and he said, what do you have for your and then fill in the radio terms here? Why does, why if you're part of a team, would you ever say your and not our? That bothers me. Pat doesn't consider himself part of our team. Come again? You're going to have to break this down a little further. Yeah, same. Okay, so yeah. I'll be specific. Yeah. The open for every segment, the, when we start the segment, there's some audio, imaging, whatever it is, production elements, right? And Pat said to Nuno, what do you have for your production instead of our production? He has now disassociated no. himself from the show because he's working on TV and not radio today. But there's a delineation between what we play from the TV side and what we play from the radio side. So I think he was probably saying your side today. Nope, nope, not not at not at the top of the hour or something or with our open. I tried to backpack. No, up no, there. all good. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, this no. is real inside baseball with you to no, start it's, off. No, it's the I'm it's, over it. It's the words your versus our. If you're part of any team out there, it's always our and not your. Next thing. Next thing. I'm over the three-in-one cell phone chargers that can't actually charge. Everyone says you're supposed to put a cover on a phone, right? Mm -hmm. But then when you put it on these cell phone chargers that are the stand-up ones, they don't charge because the cover's on the phone. Mm -hmm. So they sell these things, and I go to put them on, and it doesn't charge. And then you got to take the, the case off of the phone. So then what are you supposed to do? Do you have a case on your phone? I do. Here, I'll... And, and then you can't put it on the, the charging dock. But don't they have the magnetic? Not uh, if there's cord, the case cord, on it. Cordless charge it. Well, I actually I like have this. a case where you can charge it. Me too. While the case is still the on The supercharger. Yeah, exactly. Why don't I have that? I so don't that's know. A you problem. That's a you so that's just a me thing? That is a you thing. We both yes, have sir. it. Yeah, we both have it. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> I did not know that. Uh, I'm over it. It's off to Wait, a shaky I, start I today. Shaky start. Hand sanitizer has been chilling on. Well, All right, I, next I mean, one. We're advertising hand sanitizer today. <laughs> I don't know why that was. Mistaken texts. Very Ooh, annoying. Very dangerous. Very dangerous too. Okay. All you gotta do is ask Ryan Shazier. <gasps> oh. I don't know if that was mistaken. Um, mistaken texts. Yesterday I got a text message a from someone on December third. Saying, happy birthday. Yesterday was not my birthday. I then responding back saying, huh? What? I I don't know what to do in that spot. Just say it's not my birthday. Right. But then it's like I'm making the person feel bad, you know. And then I don't know what exactly to do. Nuno. Nuno, our producer, texted me happy birthday yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. Nuno? It was not my birthday. Nuno, did you mean to send it to a different Evan? <laughs> yes, Evan Wilner. Oh. So it was his birthday but, yesterday. Exactly. Okay, but now, now I got to turn. Why didn't you didn't tell me that? Because then I could have wished him a happy birthday. I said, sorry, wrong Evan. <laughs> Who's the right Evan? Evan well, Wilner. I mean, but how was I supposed to know that? I can't then ask him. The mistaken text is very annoying. That when you get it, what do you do in that spot? You just say, is this for me? How do you respond? Well, he, well, he told you it was the wrong Evan. But he didn't tell me the right one. Well, well he didn't, you didn't ask, though. You didn't, he didn't need mm-hmm. to tell you he that. He should have told me. So well, if you get a mistake, So he should have told you that yeah. it, was oh. Evan, it was another Evan whom you may or may not know's birthday. Well, he knows I know him. He oh, works okay. here. But so, what do you do on the mistaken text? Well, one time somebody sent me a birthday gift when it wasn't my birthday. Okay, wait Did you a give it more, back? More no, details I kept the gift. That. You kept the wait, gift? <laughs> yeah, a guy sent des- me a birthday gift it? once and was like, happy birthday. And I was like, it's not my birthday, but I'm keeping this gift. <laughs> <laughs> what was the gift? Uh, it was some clothes, nice clothes. Oh, very nice. Very Why nice. did he think it was your birthday? Because I had posted a picture on Instagram and there was a cake in it with a candle and it wasn't for me and he thought it was my birthday. Yeah. So so it was really nice clothes though. Yeah. It's really dicey as I a guy. It. It's, it's dicey as a guy <laughs> to buy your your significant other some clothes. Like because yeah. you just don't know which way that's gonna go. But this guy did all right. Yeah, he did good. He and did then all right. I was like, thanks. It's not my birthday though. And he was like, okay. Well. And it was You should have played it, it off. It was though. in like March. I'll treat you, and my treat you like it's your birthday August, every so day. It was way off. Way but off. I kept it. Way off. Wow. All right. Last one. Return it. Last one. For, I'm no, over absolutely it for me. not. You're not going to return, return it. it. I'm over office thievery because we have it going on today. Yeah, Slipper Gate. Slipper Gate. Go ahead, Cece. Yeah, yeah, I just I don't understand it. So Friday after I get done with first take, I've got my slippers on while I'm sitting at the desk with Stephen A. Smith because they're not doing a close-up on my feet while we're talking about sports. So I do and first take. if they were, take, you'd have to charge people for that. Well, if they, well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> put that behind a paywall for Rex Ryan and others. But here's what I would say. <laughs> It's you know, just, he's down the hall. Yeah, I know. But it's, listen, I, there's nothing I would say now on this show that I wouldn't say to his face. But anyway, so I digress. What I would say is this. I came back to our studio, and one Bart Scott was sitting where I'm sitting right now. And I said, well, I can't go in the studio and put my slippers in the closet behind me, so I'll just leave them in the control room. Come back this morning. Slippers are gone. Mm. Nowhere to be found. Double checked the green room just to make sure I didn't leave them in there. But I went back and retraced all of my steps from Friday before I left the building, and my slippers were nowhere to be found. So the only thing that I'm left to assume is that one Bartholomew Scott <laughs> found a way to pull a prank on me, or he took my slippers home and he didn't realize they weren't his. That's the only thing that I could come up with. I, I, I hate pointing the finger of blame at somebody or accusing somebody. 
But at this this standpoint, Smalls, with the evidence that I have, I, I don't know any other way to go with this. I also love that you used his government name yeah. when accusing him of thievery. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't Bart Scott. It's Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Scott. He's Bartholomew. <laughs> But should we should we get him on the phone or should we get him for a statement here? Well, I'm supposed to, to go on, I'm supposed to go on Barton Hahn at two o'clock on 98.7 ESPN locally in New York today. So I think I'll have to address Slippergate today when I go on their show. I'll have to confront him about it. You have to. Yeah, exactly. No, hello. Just did you steal my slippers? Yeah. Right away, 2 p.m. Eastern. And before we do that, we should triple check the office in the studio just to make sure. Yeah, I, I have a feeling they're behind that wall. Over I, don't I don't think, think so. I, I don't put think my they're, bag they're not back there. Today. They're not back there. It's not back. Uh, we do have some interesting breaking there. news here. Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord has announced that he is going to be in, the, or it's been reported he's been going to be in the transfer portal. Twenty-four touchdowns, six interceptions. The junior this year for Ohio State. Their starting QB is now transferring. Uh, this is college football now. I see a lot of people kind of pointing out, like, okay, they're going to blame him for this year. Um, Ohio State. And Ryan Day, assuming he is back next year, are going to have to ante up for someone. I don't know if it's Cameron Ward, the uh, quarterback of Washington State, a lot of people are talking about. He's going to get a lot of money. A whole he, lot of money. Is he the one you'd go try to get if you're oh, Ohio Oh, of course. State? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anybody else? He's better that, than Kyle McCord. Is there He's anybody wh- else that's out there that we look at and say mm-hmm. that they could go get? Like, this is what college football is. It is, is free agency. In a great way. I I actually think it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I think this is actually helping college football. The idea that we have free agency in this sport and that Ohio State, a team that was on the outside looking in in the college football playoff, that could have been in the college football playoff, is now in the market for a quarterback. And here's what makes it better than free agency. There is no salary cap on NIL. There is no cap. It's how much you want to pay. How how much y'all trying to give me, man. That's going to determine whether or not I'm going crazy. That school would buy presents. And I can't, wa- I I can't wait for the first time where somebody's like, you know, I actually took less to go there. I took less money. <laughs> like, hey, you know what? Miami <laughs> was offering me two, but I went to Ohio State for 1.8. That's going to happen at some point. And we will hear I, somebody say I don't know if that's that. going to happen with a 20, 20-year-old, 20 21-year-old. There's no way. 21. Taking less money? Less money? No. Better school? better Not better school. Better program? This is auction block. Highest bidder. Yeah, no doubt. I'm trying to get mine. Me too. <laughs> Period. A guy like that transfers knowing that Ohio State has somebody else, I would assume, right? Ohio State already probably has the guy locked up. That's exactly up. what happens. Yeah, yeah hit the portal because you're not going to be our guy next year. Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.